0: Open our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one. We'll read the first four verses this morning. Luke chapter number one. The Word of God says this, and you can follow along in your your Bibles or on the screen this morning. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which is from the beginning, were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you, and Lord, we do thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time of year. Lord, we celebrate your advent, Lord, and your coming. Lord, we thank you that you came to die for us. Lord, you love us in spite of us. We thank you for the gospel. Lord, we thank you for this time of year. Lord, I pray today, Lord, through the teaching of your word, God, I pray that you would grow each one of us. Father, I pray that, Lord, we, we would come this morning, Lord, to learn and to make changes, Lord, and to live our lives, God, in light of you. Father, we love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so good to us. In your precious and your holy name we pray. Amen. So begin um, the book of Luke. We've taught through one other gospel, the gospel of Mark, which Mark is the shortest of the gospels. It's 16 um, chapters. Luke is the longest, really, um, not by chapter, but by word. And I mean, Luke is really going to give us some insight here. It's a great, great book. I'm looking forward to it. Probably 100 sermons, um, probably about two years worth of sermons out of the book of Luke. And um, we're really looking looking forward to it. Now, there's four different gospels, of course. We know them as Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Of course, Matthew, um, if you know your Bible, was written um, to the Jews, and it presents Jesus as the coming Messiah, as the king of the Jews. Mark was written to the Romans, and really has more of that Mark, the suffering servant. It pictures Jesus as that suffering servant. And then here we find the book of Luke, and it's written, Luke was the only author of a, a New Testament book um, that was a Gentile. And once again, um, he writes uh, He writes a book, and I, this is part of the reason I love the book of Luke, is because He's reminding the world that the gospel isn't just for the Jews. Hey, it's for everybody, and aren't you thankful for that this morning? Luke is the book that precedes the book of Acts. They are two different history books. This would be volume one, and Acts would be volume two. Each book of the gospels uh, cover and records the life of Christ. As we mentioned, Matthew's written to the Jewish audience, Jesus, Messiah, and King, and royalty. Mark, written to the Roman audience, presents Jesus as the Son of Man. And as the suffering servant, uh, Luke the Gentile, written to a Greek audience, presents Jesus as the Son of God. And aren't you thankful for this? He's a loving Savior. Man, he came to die for us. Now understand that Luke was a historian, he was a theologian, but he also is referred to in Colossians chapter 4, verse number 14, by Paul as the beloved physician. Man, he was a doctor. He wasn't just a, you know, many of the apostles were fishermen and, and, and many of the different people. He was an actual doctor, an intellectual, a man that knew a, a lot. He was a beloved physician. And he, he writes the book of Luke very detailed. Man, he goes into some descriptive things. He gets in deep about it. He was, a, he was a historian, a theologian, and a medical doctor. He was a physician. He is the only known Gentile to write in the New Testament. Now understand, he wasn't an eyewitness of the life of Christ. He was not an apostle. He didn't walk beside Jesus. He really, it's interesting because he did a lot of research in order to write this book. He didn't see it happen. Man, he, 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 he basically, he was a friend of Paul's. He wasn't one that was with Jesus, but he's this historian that would interview and would study and would dig up truth about our Lord and Savior. Luke, no doubt, was a very intelligent man. However, he displays the gift of a great communicator. And this is what a great communicator does. Have you ever heard someone teach and they sound so smart, they make complicated things more complicated? You ever seen somebody like that? A great communicator takes complicated things and he makes them simple. And that's what Luke does. He was known as one that wrote a gospel to the common man. He portrays it in a way that even a man of the street could understand it. Man, some intellectuals make things so complicated. Man, he makes it simple and understandable. This book makes, here's the point he makes in the book is this, that the gospel is for all. The emphasis in Luke is different than all the other gospels. It makes an emphasis, and this is awesome, because in the Jewish mind, many times women and children were really put down, not spoken to, and not even talked about. And Luke is one who puts emphasis on the ministry of women, on the ministry to children, and on the ministry to the outcast. The gospel is what Luke was saying is this. It's for women. It's for children. It's for outcast. It's for Jew. It's for Gentile. Listen, it's for the low class. It's for the high class. It's for both sides of the tracks. Hey, it's for everybody this morning. Listen, the gospel is for everyone. The purpose of Luke we can find here in this opening section in these first four verses. In the original language, these first four verses were one run-on sentence, if you will. I mean, there was no punctuation that ended it. It's one complete thought, one complete Sentence. Look at verse number four, the purpose of the book of Luke in this introduction. That thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. You know what Luke was saying? The purpose of this gospel is this meant to confirm and so that you can know those things that you have been taught. Now, this is important. Because we must know and we must be certain of the things that we have been taught. I don't know about you, but I've heard some preaching and some things I wasn't sure about. Anybody else? Here he's saying the gospel is something that we can know and we can be sure about, we can be certain about. And can I just say this? My goal and my, my heart for you Full Baptist Church is this. Man, that, that we are people that love the Scriptures and we love the Word of God. We are people, I hope that our church is a place where we know that the Bible is central to who we are, to what we believe. It's what's taught. It's, it's not, we don't just, I've heard a lot of preaching about the Bible being a final authority and the Bible was never preached. You ever heard that? Oh, it's God's inspired, it's His infallible, it's His perfect Word, yet we never go to the Scriptures. We, you know how we preach that it's the perfect Word? By teaching and preaching it verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept. It's each one of us, my goal for each one of us is for all of us, no matter where we're at on this journey, to begin to grow in the Word of the Lord, both in knowledge and in our heart, and begin to put it into practice. So important, we live in a day of false teachers where many are being deceived, deceived. 2 Timothy says this in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, listen, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we're living in days of deception, days of false teacher. By the way, any time a preacher goes from teaching the Word of God to saying, hey, God told me to say this, listen, you are on the road to apostasy. We need men of God in our pulpits that stand up and preach the Word of God. And I thank God for our church. I thank God for the teaching team that we have here. I thank God for the small group leaders and even the the ladies' small group leaders and the men's small group leaders and the couples' small group leaders and the Sundays. Listen, that get up and we teach the Bible. It doesn't matter what preacher says. Can I tell you what? matters what God says. It's what the Word of God says. Hey, that's what needs to be preached. We're living in days of deception. 2 Timothy 3.13 says this, but evil man and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Then he goes on to say this, but thou continue in the things which thou hast learned, and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which were able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I pray that when we come to church we don't just have a pep rally. I've been to churches like that. We just come to feel good. And man, we, we, we shout a little bit and we sing and we get emotional. Emotion's a good thing. Listen, I'm just as much against dead church as I am charismatic church. But we don't come in just to put on a show this morning. I, that's not what our church is about if you're here this morning. It's about the word of God being preached. This isn't a pep rally. This is a training ground of army of people learning the scriptures, living the scriptures, biblically literate, gospel-centered, main thing, the main thing church, a lighthouse of the word of God, a lighthouse of the gospel. Scripture trumps tradition. Scripture trumps feelings. Scripture trumps what we think and how we feel. And I thank God this morning for a church that's committed to the Word of God. Luke says this. There's some things we can be certain of. The reason for this writing was to communicate, to confirm the gospel, the life of Christ from a historical, detailed point of, God, of, of, of view. Can I just say this this morning? You can be certain of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can be certain of it this morning. I mean, it's, it's for our salvation But you know, the gospel isn't just for our salvation. It's for our daily living. Man, the gospel that saved us is the gospel that sanctifies us. It's the gospel, as Paul says, wherein we stand. It's the gospel wherein we serve. The gospel plays out in every area of our life. If you're a parent, you have the opportunity to allow the gospel to play out in your life showing that mercy, showing that love, showing that grace, walking in light of Jesus Christ. If you're a church member, you have, the, listen, you have the ability to live out the gospel every day in your life by forgiveness and by love and by grace and allowing it to transform you. So often what ends up happening, we get saved by the grace of God and we love the gospel for us, but we don't love it for everybody else. Listen, it's a life-changing thing that should make a difference in our lives every single day. That's what Luke is reiterating as he goes in to begin to tell the story of of Jesus. I Man, he tells it. I Man, he says we can be saved by it. We can be secure by it. We can be sanctified. We can stand in it and we can serve in it. These first four verses, as I mentioned already in the original language, is one sentence. As you study scripture, grammar is important. Listen, we interpret scripture from the literal, historical, grammatical point of view or position. I mean, so as we go through this book, we're going to be given a history lesson. It records detailed Events. Look at verse number one. For as much as many have taken into hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. What he's saying here, that's kind of a confusing first part of that sentence. What he's saying here is this. Many have already written about what I'm about to tell you. He, many believe this. Many believe that he's referring already to the books of Matthew and Mark. Those two gospels that had already been written. Many have written about the life of Christ is what he's saying. Christians already know the story, the history, the narrative, the news, the gospel, and the good news. Luke says this, they are most surely already believed among us. He's saying this, we already believe this, but I want to give some facts in detail to back up your faith. Aren't you thankful that facts back up our faith this morning? Do you know science proves the Bible this morning? History proves the Bible this morning. I mean, so many things that have come true prophetically prove the Bible to be the Word of God this morning. Luke is saying this. You already know the story I'm about to tell, but I'm going to give you some more details. I'm going to give you some more facts about the story. Look at verse number 2. Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning... Were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. He says those that have given us Matthew and Mark, man, they walked with Jesus. They were eyewitnesses of what already happened. Man, Luke wasn't an eyewitness. Listen, but he was an, But 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 Matthew and Mark were, and he's just confirming what they've already written about. He was a historian. He wrote facts, facts that proved faith. Look at verse three. It seemed good to me also, having had a perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order the most excellent Theophilus. Now, if you remember in the first couple verses of Acts, this same man was mentioned. He's like a Roman-type governor that was uh, saved by the grace of God already and a fellow co-laborer at this point with Luke and with Paul. He's one that, man, he had already been taught these things. He had already learned these things. And then verse number four, he says, here's the reason for this historical book. Look at it. That thou mightest know. Man, that's an important word, isn't it? To know. Man, to know the gospel. Man, to know that you've been saved by the grace of God. The certainty of those things. Man, the life of Jesus Christ. Man, we can know. We can be certain of it. Man, he's gonna, then He's going to begin, as we're going to see tonight and then next week, laying out the history, man, of the life of Jesus Christ. Christ the certainty of those things which thou has been instructed Man, I mean those things that we've grown up hearing Man, I mean those things that we've grown up being taught about Jesus Christ we must know them we must understand them I man I'm afraid sometimes if we're not careful we can sit in church for 20 and 30 years and not even understand what the gospel is and who Jesus is and what's really going on this is how many times, man, I've watched friends that were even pastors, and I've watched people, man, get swayed by crazy stuff. That's not in the Word of God. Man, we, and this is the point this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about this because it's important. We're living in days, man, where, when, when, when there's crowds being drawn at places where the Word of God's not preached. Let me just say this. If it's not the Word of God, it's not preaching. Are y'all hearing me this morning? It's not funny stories that change lives this morning. It's not emotional moments that change lives this morning. It's the power of the word of God and the gospel this morning that changes lives. Do you know, there's certain things people will do, even as preachers, to manipulate a crowd, to work a crowd. And I just want to say we must beware and be careful. When When we hear preaching, we must say, hey, is it the word of God that's getting to us? You know, I've been in church services where it was political rants the entire hour. You're wasting people's time. I've been in services where, man, preaching never happens. Can I just say this this morning? We'll cancel every song before we don't have preaching. Somebody help me this morning. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Church is the place where the Word of God is to be getting out to His people of God to feed the flock which is among you. Preaching, can I just say this, preaching of the Word of God is God's plan for the, word of ch- for the church. And then as we hear the preaching, we go home and we begin to study and we begin to grow and we begin to get into the Word ourselves. I'm amazed how many people will sit in church for 20 and 30 years and never be able to go home and sit at the table and feed themselves. Man, my desire for you is this tomorrow morning to crack open the Holy Word of God and to sit down in the feast upon warm manna from the oven of heaven yourself. Spiritual maturity. Man, be able to get into the Word and study to know why you believe it and what you believe. Man, to know the facts behind the faith. Okay. And it's not just enough to have the facts up here. Guess where they got to be? They got to be in here. And when the Word of God goes from here to here, there's going to be a natural change that happens in your life as you begin to grow in the Lord. Luke here is going to lay out a history book of the life of Christ. And I just want to give you three quick things that I thought of as I was thinking about this history book that he's about to write. Because just like there was a lot of false teachers now, just like there was a lot of fake news now, do you know that's always been the case since Genesis chapter number 3 and the fall of man? What does Satan try to do in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve? Not what he tried to do. What did he do? He put doubt and question on the Word of God. He said this, Yea hath God said, and then he took God's word, and what did he do? He began to manipulate it, and he began to twist it. Listen, he, he wanted them, and this is what the world we live in, both in America and in Christianity right now. They want us to forget history. Huh? They want to erase it. Go to your average school right now. The history books have literally been changed. You all understand that, Right? Man, they, they're changing. They want to rewrite the narrative. The first thing I want you to notice is Luke begins this story of Jesus Christ. Number one is this history matters. History matters. You can try to change history, but history does not change this morning. You know, they've been trying to do this with this story of Luke for the last 2,000 years. Man, mean, there's many that will say today in a quote-unquote church that Jesus was just a prophet, that he was just a good man. Man, that he was a good teacher, and he was a good rabbi. But what is that doing? They're trying to change what history says. Listen, even history, there was enough eyewitnesses to say, he ain't dead, He's a, is anybody waking here this morning? He's alive, he was dead, but now liveth. Over 500 saw him. Now, if me or you were to go to court tomorrow, and there were three people that were unrelated that said we did something, guess what's happened? Our butt's going to jail. Can I say butt in the pulpit? Right? Three people. Over 500 saw him. But you know what the world, you know what Satan tries to do? Man, mean, he's trying to change that. Now, nobody will tell you that Jesus didn't live because it's historical fact. They won't say, but they'll, they'll begin to watch, oh, he was just a rabbi. He was a good man, but those miracles really didn't happen. Oh, they, you know, he did die on the cross, but, man, he didn't really rise from the dead. We've got some other little G gods out there that, you know, we're just as him. Hey, he's the only one this morning that lives and sits on the right hand of the Father. Buddha's dead. Mahama's dead. Jesus is alive. Somebody help me preach this morning. That's history. They want to change it. man. And I I don't want to get into all this because I'll start getting sidetracked this morning. They're trying to do that in our country right now. Trying to change history. It's a bunch of hogwash foolishness that's going on to try to manipulate history matters. It's under attack. Listen to me. History and truth have always been questioned and attacked. Facts matters. Truth matters. You can try to change it, but history doesn't change it. Science and history, listen, you know where we need to go to and that needs to agree with? This book right here. Science and History. Listen. Biblical marriage. It doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what's going on in our culture. Can I just tell you where we need to go to when it comes to biblical marriage? It's this book right here. Listen, gender identity, I can help you with this. It ain't complicated. God's plan for the family. Hey, it's not hard to figure out. God's plan for the church. Guess where we need to go to? Not Lifeway. We need to go to the book. Listen, God's will for you. How about this one? I'll hear people say, "As well, God told me. God didn't tell you. If He didn't tell you in here, He didn't tell you nothing. Somebody help me this morning. This is God's revealed word to us. This book right here. man. This is how God speaks to us. Through the word of God. Listen, go to the scripture. History matters. The second thing that I thought of as I was reading this is this. We must be grounded in the scriptures. He says this in verse number 4. That thou mightest know the certainty... Man, I've got to know with certainty. Man, I've got to know the book. I've got to know the word. I've got to know the gospel. This is important in the day that we live in like it's never been important before. Because listen, we're living in a world full of deception, full of lies. And listen, if we're not careful, I even find myself buying into stuff that I shouldn't be buying into. We begin to get used to what we're hearing. What we're seeing. We must be, we've got to be aware and we've got to be grounded in the scriptures. Straying from scriptures always leads down the path of apostasy. God has given us his revelation in the word of God, his revealed word to us. Man, be weary of the God told me crowd. He speaks through his word. And this is how he does it to us when we study on our own, when we listen. In church, man, when we take notes and we soak it in and we don't just go through the motions, as we approach the Word of God, my prayer is for each one of us, man, that we observe it. We ask this question what does it say? What does the Word of God say? Then we ask this question interpretation, what I just read, what does it mean? Man, we've got to consider the context. Who was it written to and why? Can I just say this this morning? When you hear somebody read one verse, not tell you anything about it, and then holler for the next hour, you need to pack up your stuff and get out. I'm just telling you. That's not preaching. Man, it, it matters who it was written to and why. Application then. Man, what am I going to do about it? It's not enough just to hear it. It's not enough just to know it. I've got to do something about it. Application, man, I must, it must be personal. I must apply it to myself. You know so often where we're at, is we want to apply it to everybody else. You hear a sermon preacher, a passage taught, oh, that was good for so-and-so. No, it was good for you. It was good for me. Man, I've got to apply it to myself. How about this? Application needs to be practical and possible, something I can actually do with it application listen it needs to be powerful man depending on his holy spirit's conviction he guides me as i read it man we're, we're getting ready to come up on a new year and maybe how many of y'all have ever started maybe uh at the beginning of the year you know i'm gonna read the bible every day has anybody ever done that before okay i'm gonna read it through in a year you know and then you get through and sometimes it struggles i've struggled to get through it before is that okay for me to be honest with you I mean, there's been times where I haven't read it like I should. But over the years, God has helped me, and, man, and he's taught me, and he's grown me into the way that I can do it. And a couple things that I want to just give you, if you're going to this new year and maybe you want to, I believe you're here this morning, you're hungry for God's word, and you want to know it, and you want to understand it, and you want to read consistently. So maybe you don't. First of all, can I just say you're not alone, and that's okay. I'm not going to guilt you this morning. I've been in that. Oh, uh, you didn't read your Bible through in a year? You know what I want to say to you? Show me in the Bible where it says I have to. Now, I need to be in the Word daily. But not everybody can read through in a year. Here's the first thing that God helped me with is realizing I've got to set a realistic expectation. Some people have a higher IQ. Most of you have a higher IQ than me. Okay, we know that. Some people, men have a lot more comprehension. A lot more men, they can can comprehend everything they read. They have a better understanding. You don't worry about everybody else's walk with God and reading. You know who you need to worry about and who I need to worry about? Mine. I've got to set a goal and an expectation that is realistic for me. You're not necessarily going to be able to do it like someone else is going to do it. So I would say this: set a realistic goal as we go into this new year. How about this one? Something that the Lord's taught me. I used to wake up and just jump right in and just to get it over with. Man, one thing that's helped me is stopping just praying before I get into the Word. Lord, would you teach me something today? God, would you help me from the Scriptures today? God, life is hard. Somebody say amen right there. Man, sometimes life's hard. God, I just need you today. I need you, to, I need you to speak to me. I need you to help me from your word. Can I tell you how many times, even in an obscure passage, when I, when, when I do that, God's word is always right on time? I Man, so pray before you begin. How about this? And we talked about this. I have a place. Have a place you go. I Man, maybe that's the coffee table. Maybe that's your bedroom. Maybe that's somewhere. But I have a place every day. This is where I go. This is where I read the word. This is where I walk with God. Along with that, schedule it daily. We live in a busy world, too busy world. Huh? Man, I was looking at our calendar for the next couple weeks going into this season. Man, it's craziness. Man, there's a lot going on. If I don't schedule it, guess what? It ain't going to happen. Same, same place, same time every day. Maybe you struggle. Just set that goal as you go through here. You know what? I'm going to have a realistic expectation. I'm going to have a time and place every day where I read the word of God. And this is one that would be important for us. Some of us need to do that in church right now. It'd be good if some of us left our phones in our car when we walked in the house of God. Listen to this one. This is what I have to do. Remove distractions. Every time I sit down to begin reading the Word of God, guess what happens? Somebody send me some stupid meme. And then I get that stupid meme, and I'm in there laughing, and guess what I got to do now? I got like 250 people I got to send this stupid meme to. So you know what I got to do for me to concentrate? I got to put that on the old do not disturb Put that digital device away. Or if I read on my iPad, turn it on Do Not Disturb and read it on there or read it in the Word. I just want to encourage you to remove distractions. How about this one? Write down things you don't understand. Look them up. Man, use a trusted guide, commentary, or Bible study. Man, just to dig in a little bit. How many times have you read through something you didn't know what it said? I used to, man, when I struggled pronouncing names, you can go in there and listen to it now. Hit play. It reads it to you, right? Man, remove distractions. Man, write it down. Study. How about this one? Mark it up. This is one thing that helps me. And I, Man, just write in my Bible to underline, to circle. Man, to write those notes and then follow. I would encourage you this. Follow a systematic plan. Man, find what works for you. Man, figure out what's the best for you. Now, I said it already. This year what we did, man, I have a group of pastor friends that we hold each other accountable for our Bible reading. This is why we all need accountability. You miss a couple of days, I get a text message. See, Some of us would bristle if that happened to us. Who are you to tell me? I know I need it. Somebody misses a day or two, guess what we get? Text message says, hey, dude, everything good? Can I just say that's okay? That encourages me when they do that. And you know what I'll do? I'll go in there and get it done. Man, have a systematic plan. Have some accountability. Man, there's, there's so many plans. We live in the world right now where there's no excuse not to be in the Word of God. Man, I mean, we have a copy of it everywhere. Verse number four, there's no reason that we can't be certain and know because, man, you got it on your phone. You've got it on your, you've got it on your computer. You've got, we've got multiple copies of it, by the way. We're a blessed nation. There's places still. I'm not, I'm not trying to, but there's places still that don't even have it. They don't, there's people that don't have their own Bible, you know. But get a systematic plan. Maybe it's a chapter a day. Maybe it's ten pages a day. Maybe you read through what we did this year. It was chronologically, which was really cool. We really enjoyed that. Chronological plan. Maybe it's a utmost for his highest plan. And you just read each day the devotion and the verses. Here's the thing. We all can do something. I mean, that's how we get grounded. If we only come to church, I'm just being honest with you, if you just come to church and you never read on your own, listen, you're cheating yourself out of one of the greatest joys of the Christian life. It's going to be really hard to grow if you're not in the Word daily. It really is. And we've all struggled with it at some point. I know that. I'm not going to get up here and beat you up because I know it. I've struggled with it. Here's the point, man. We've got to be grounded in it. We've got to learn to love this book. I think sometimes we forget, as I do, there was a great price paid for this, wasn't there? Man, there was. And we have a copy of it for ourselves. We must be grounded in the Scripture. And then thirdly from the book of Luke, as we're going to see over the next few weeks, is this, the gospel changes lives. Has the gospel changed your life? Luke says it's for all. Jew Gentile, men, women, children, social, outcast. Listen to this. The gospel is the good news that God created us and we lived as sinners and enemies to our creator. Doing so, we deserved his wrath. In love for us, God the Father sends His Son to live the life we could not live. Perfect, perpetual righteousness. He was unjustly, but by God's appointment, crucified as a substitute in our place on the cross. Bearing the full wrath of God, He died and He was buried. Three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead. Dead conquering death and the grave and offering eternal life to all who believe by faith. Here's the awesome part about the gospel this morning. Think of Paul and Luke two totally different dudes. Luke, a physician. Paul, a terrorist. Guess what they had in common? Both of their lives have been changed by the gospel. And I just want to tell you this this morning. Maybe you here this morning, you don't feel good enough. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got some stuff like I do in my past that you're not proud of. Is anybody like that? Here's the good news of the gospel. God knows all about that. He knows your deepest, darkest secret. He knows your deepest, darkest sin this morning. He knows everything that you've thought. Some of you have already thought some things this morning that you should have thought. I have. Oh my gosh, can you believe she's wearing that to church? Somebody help me this morning. He knows all those thoughts. He knows the bitterness that is killing you in your heart sitting in that pew right now. He knows it. He knows the lust you deal with daily. He knows some of the hate that you may carry this morning. We've all carried some of it. Bitterness, hate, sin. He knows, he knows those things that you wouldn't want anybody else in the world to know. <laughs> but you know what the good news of the gospel, what Luke's about to spend 20-something chapters on? Is that he knows all that, yet he loves you. He sent his son to die for you and to take your wrath to take the payment that you deserve and that I deserved, And I just want to say this one, maybe you're here this morning, you've never trusted Him. You've never put your faith in Him. Man, don't leave here today without doing that. After the service, I'd love to have somebody sit down with you, take a Bible, show you how you can know, how you can be certain. Listen, don't hesitate today on that. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't been walking in light of the gospel. It hasn't been changing you daily. Maybe we need to commit as we go in this new year, these next couple weeks, to get in the Word daily. Man, to live... The life that Christ wants to live through us. Man, surrender. God, I'm yours. Lord, I'm a living sacrifice. Man, it can change your life. Man, the gospel changes lives. History, listen, it don't change. It it is what it is. The gospel does change our lives. though. Aren't you thankful for that? Regardless of our history. Man, he can give us a bright future. I'm thankful for that this morning heads bowed, eyes closed, let's stand our feet. Matt's going to sing. If you need to pray, uh, can, pray at your seat, pray up here. When we dismiss, there'll be some counselors up here that would love to take a Bible talk to you if you have more questions. Matt's going to sing this morning. Oh.